In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Robert Clapper is the head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai Medical Center. Each Saturday morning, and it's time for Dr. Clapper. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> this is the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Yes, Doc. I love your show. Thank you. Um, now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai. 31 years. What a busy day in the operating room yesterday. I love when I get to do a shoulder surgery, hip surgery, knee surgery. It's like a baseball player hitting a single, a double, a triple, and a home run. They call it hitting for the cycle. Nobody does it better than the great Mike Trout. But yesterday, I felt like Mike Trout. So interesting, the technology, the advances. And we'll get into it later on in the show. I just love taking you into the operating room. And if you do have any injuries, that's what I'm here for. I'm tired after working so hard yesterday, but I cannot wait to get up to be with you each and every Saturday morning. And thanks so much for telling your friends. Well, I'm so excited for today's show, mostly because the topic involves food, a food that I am in love with. Did you know there's something better than ice cream or gelato? Yep, there is. It's called frozen custard. Not frozen yogurt, frozen custard. It started in Brooklyn a hundred years ago and finally made it to the Midwest, to Wisconsin, where there are more frozen custard shops per square inch than any place in the world. And it has finally made a home here in Los Angeles. It's creamier and richer than ice cream because of two key elements. First, They put an egg into the very same ingredients that you use to make ice cream. It's the egg that's added that gives it that richness and creaminess. And second, ice cream is made in a big bucket. I think it's called a dasher. That's what Dr. Tim Charlton told me. It's called a dasher. But it's made in a big bucket, and you just stir it and slowly allow the cooling of the bucket to freeze the liquid. Well, the second key ingredient for frozen custard is that they don't use a bucket. They don't use this wide structure, but rather they have the liquid flow through skinny tubes. This traps less air. That's what makes it richer and allows for smaller ice particles than ice cream. So between the egg and the thin tubes, you get something incredibly special called frozen custard. And my guests at A15 are a nurse and a surgical tech who I've known for 30 years, who in addition to going to the operating room, they now are in the frozen custard business. And when I heard that, I could not wait to invite Martha and Nasir to the show. So at 815, I can't wait to talk to them. 
What does this have to do with being in the operating room making frozen custard? It's the ultimate clapper vision. But it did make me think all week. Where in art? Where in the world of sports? Where in my world of surgery? Do we see the metaphor of frozen custard making something richer by simply adding an egg and making it flow through a skinny tube? Well, in art, in 1978, guitar player Eddie Van Halen decided to not play the guitar using his right hand on the body of the guitar, that wide portion of the guitar, like everybody else does. No, he decides to actually take his right hand to join his left hand on the skinny, thin portion of the guitar and tap the strings rather than strum the strings like you do typically when you play the guitar. In essence, he's going from making ice cream in the big bucket, the body of the guitar, to making it through a skinny tube. Tapping, playing with the neck of the guitar, Eddie Van Halen plays a guitar solo called Eruption and changes the world of music. In a minute, you're gonna hear an analysis by a British guitarist named Phil who, I mean, I don't even know what he is talking about, but his passion for the guitar and his analysis of what Eddie Van Halen does in this song Eruption in 1978, it's literally, it sounds different. If you could hear what frozen custard sounds like versus ice cream or gelato, it's Eddie Van Halen playing Eruption. And where in the world of sports do we see frozen custard where you're making something richer. Well, it's the game of volleyball. And you're gonna go, what is Clapper talking about now? How could volleyball be like frozen custard? Well, the man who invented volleyball, William G. Morgan, a hundred years ago met James Naismith, the man who invented the game of basketball at Springfield College. But William Morgan said, hey, you've got to be athletic, physically fit to be able to play basketball. I want to make a sport, a game for people who don't have that skill set, for the everyman. And he literally sits down and designs a game with the same ingredients of ice cream, if you will but he does two things that frozen yogurt does. He first creates a long skinny tube essentially, which is the net, and he adds an egg. An egg has a shell, a yolk, the, uh, the egg white, three ingredients. He goes to the Spalding company and says, I need you to make me a ball that's light, that can stay in the air, and designs a three-layered ball, the volleyball which revolutionizes this game for the world to see. Just like James Naismith, William Morgan did not see a penny for this creation. Yet, when he's interviewed, I mean, he, could, he literally had to leave the teaching world because he couldn't make enough money as a phys ed teacher after he invents volleyball and gets a job at General Electric doing something different. But when he's interviewed, and here's where the, the frozen custard metaphor comes to speak, because we talked about richness, 
That's what the egg does. This is what William G. Morgan said when he's interviewed, trying to make him feel bad. Hey, you didn't get a single penny for inventing this game that took over the world. But how beautiful it is. Listen to the words of William G. Morgan when he's asked that. Aren't you upset that you didn't see a penny for this game you created? Morgan says, I'm content in the knowledge that the game brought a richer life to millions of people around the world. He almost sounds like John Wooden, this beautiful saint of a man that lives amongst us. We'll get into it and you'll hear sound bites coming up in just a minute. Clapper Vision, we gotta talk about Rajon Rondo. We gotta talk about Rajon Rondo's thumb fracture. My Clapper Vision for the thumb is a windshield wiper. Sitting in your car, even though it's a beautiful sunny day here in Southern California, for a moment, why don't you clean your windshield? Press that button. And what you're going to see is the windshield wiper crossing the windshield. Well, now look at your hand, palms up, and move your thumb to your little finger. As you see that thumb cross the palm, your thumb, the clapper vision, is the windshield wiper. The palm of your hand and the other fingers is the windshield. This is why you have to do surgery on a thumb fracture, because it's as though you rip and break the connection of the windshield wiper to that hinge, that special hinge in the front of the windshield. You want to pick up a pen, we call it fine pinch. That's the thumb pinching the index finger. Power grip, fine grip versus power grip, holding a hammer. There your thumb has to engage your little finger by sweeping across your palm. Whether it's fine grip or power grip, your thumb is a windshield wiper, your palm is the windshield. We cannot accept any fracture, any displacement whatsoever when you're talking about a thumb fracture. Rondo had surgery on Wednesday. It's a complete success, and look for him to be back in six to eight weeks. All right, let's get right into today's show. First, if you can, Rebecca, let's treat the audience to a little bit of what Eddie Van Halen did in 1978 with this guitar solo called Eruption. Let's go to the solo itself. Oh my God. I don't want to give you a headache or anything at seven o'clock in the morning. But trust me, we've never heard anything quite like that before Eddie Van Halen decides to essentially make frozen custard from ice cream in the world of music. What exactly am I talking about? Well, I've got a beautiful guitar genius, Phil, analyzing what Eddie Van Halen really is all about. Let's go to number six. And Eddie Van Halen, as a player, the sounds that he was making with the guitar hadn't been heard before because of a variety of factors. First of all, his technical ability, his expression with the guitar, but also his imagination with the guitar. Because 1978 was when Van Halen, the album, came out, which had Eruption on it. So let's just put that in perspective. 1978. It was recorded in 77. Number seven. So looking around at other players at the time, 
the level of ability that Eddie had at that stage was crazy, considering the sounds that he was able to make on the guitar. Like I mentioned, that sound we all know now, but at the time, it's like, what was that? How did that just happen? And that is what Eddie Van Halen was all about, just making these sounds. Like I said, the techniques to make these sounds just fly at you so quickly that if you weren't watching him, just to hear these sounds would be so mind-blowing and weird. And number eight? And almost alien to people around at the late 70s. I know it sounds stupid to think of alien sounds, but with the introduction of overdrive on the guitar and the amount of gain and sustain that Eddie could get from his guitars and his guitar tone, his overall sound, it meant that now... These trademark sounds that we know him for at the time were available to him. Now remember, Eddie Van Halen was a concert-trained pianist. Playing the piano is what he was used to doing, and now he picks up the guitar. So what does he do? He rotates the guitar to rest horizontally on his thigh. He then goes and sees Led Zeppelin and Jimmy Page tapping on the guitar in a song called Heartbreak. And what he does is, first of all, he's the first one to call it tapping, but he takes it to a whole nother level. Let's go to number 10. And let's dispel another myth that Van Halen invented tapping. And this is what made it so impressive as well, is that tapping had been around for ages and there were other guitarists at the time, late 70s, early 80s, who were very advanced with tapping techniques. And they might do three, four, five, six finger tapping, but Eddie Van Halen made it sound unique to him. So if Ice Cream is playing the guitar, Eddie Van Halen is making frozen custard because instead of flowing it through a skinny tube to make frozen custard, he's using a whole different part of the guitar instead of the body of the guitar. Let's go to number 13. There's also another song in this solo called Cathedral, and that's from the album Diver Down. So rather than having a wild solo that is mindless shredding for 12, 13 minutes, he's got particular songs that he's going through. And we have, of course, Eruption in here. So he's taking sections from Eruption and mixing it in with other compositions that he's made. So there's a musical journey throughout this whole solo. Loads of players made the mistake of thinking a guitar show-off piece is just going to be 10 minutes of mindless shredding with no journey, no melody, and nothing that you can relate to. So after a minute, the audience loses interest because they don't know where you're going and they don't know where you're going to end up and they don't care. Number 14. Eddie Van Halen knew this and he would always play a solo that took you on a journey. Eruption as a composition, as a show-off piece, is a perfect example of taking technical ability of the highest order and pairing it with melody, making a journey out of a guitar solo to the point where in the tapping section, you almost know where Eddie would be going next because of the previous notes that he had played and the current phrase that he was on. And with that tapping section, 
he goes up and resolves it at the end so that it means the journey has a beginning, a middle and an end. So musically, you're satisfied about going on that journey because you can marvel at the technical ability that's included within that journey, but also the melody that's included it as well. So you're along for the ride. He basically is rotating guitar. Let's just listen to last one. Number one, getting the guitar to rest on his leg where he rotates it so he can actually do that tapping. Number one. I just quickly want to jump in here because tiny little details like the fact that Eddie, in that stretch that we have in the Eruption solo, if you played it yourself, he gets the guitar just to rest on his leg. And this is what I say about a lot of top players getting the correct position of the guitar in order to make the stretch to get every note really nice and clean. All the players do it, and sometimes people watching might think it's just to look cool, to pop the guitar up onto your thigh. And finally, number 16. But Eddie Van Halen, by bringing in the chaos of hitting open strings, dive bombs, harmonics, he threw so much in there that was messy, but then he paired it with perfect technique on the fretboard, having that... Caution to the Wind with technical excellence was such a random mix, it made him sound so unique because nobody else had ever practiced that way. To have a perfectly alternate picked run into a pull-off to an open string. I don't even know what he's talking about, but he's so excited to talk about Eddie Van Halen and the reason he's so special in the world of music is because he's actually taking a guitar, he's taking the ice cream, he's taking those ingredients, but he's flowing it through a skinnier tube. Let's close out the segment hearing live and net Eddie Van Halen doing Eruption. And coming up next, we're gonna go into frozen custard in the world of sports, the game of volleyball. I know these are dots that I'm trying to connect, but you'll appreciate it coming up next when you hear from the great Karch Karai and why I think he's frozen custard in the world of sports. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Keith Richards, the Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil. One of the great guitar solos of all time. But Keith Richards is playing ice cream and gelato. Eddie Van Halen, by tapping the strings on the neck of the guitar, he's frozen custard. Where in the world of sports do we see this whole idea of making what you already have richer? 
Well, it's the game of volleyball. William Morgan, in 1895, invents this game after meeting James Naismith at Springfield College, who's the inventor of the game of basketball. He borrows from the sport of handball, tennis, badminton. He wanted to make sure this new sport could fit inside a gym. But what he's really interested in is making a sport for the average person to enjoy. I mean, God bless the beach volleyball players. I get it. They are extremely athletic. Treat yourself one year when the pandemic is over and watch the six man at Manhattan Beach. You're going to see athletes like none other. But the reality is, is when someone like me plays volleyball, technically all I got to do is stand there and just tap the ball either over the net or to the person next to me. You really don't need to be an athlete to do that. But I get the enjoyment of being on a team. Everything that William Morgan was after was achieved in the game of volleyball. Same ingredients as ice cream, but he did something to make it richer. Just like frozen custard makes ice cream richer with an egg and a long skinny tube. The long skinny tube is the 30 by 60 foot net. And he creates with the Spalding Company, a brand new ball like an egg, the shell, the yolk, the white. He used a bladder initially, the inside of the basketball, but it was too heavy. So he used a bladder. He then used a cheesecloth over the bladder and leather. The panels did not change on the volleyball for a hundred years. This ball is so beautifully designed as a ball for this sport that he invented, it's just perfect because it's light and it can go over the net. Let's listen to William G. Morgan's story, the history of volleyball from the Volleyball Museum. Let's go to number one. William G. Morgan is the inventor of volleyball. Um, he was born in Buffalo, New York, and he actually went to Northfield Mount Hermon. And while he was there, he met James Naismith and Naismith, as we all know, invented basketball in 1891. And so Naismith found Morgan and recruited him to go to Springfield College actually to play football. And while he was at Springfield, he learned a lot about YMCA's, about training, and so got an offer to come to Holyoke and be their physical education director. Let's go to number two. So while he was in Holyoke, he was trying to find different ways to sort of work out what's a, a good way for a businessman on his lunch hour to still get some exercise. And so he came up with volleyball. And he just borrowed from any sport that he could think of. He took the net from tennis. He took the ball from basketball. He took using the hands from handball. He took uh, nine innings, was actually one of the first rules in the game. So it was similar to a baseball game. And um, the rest was sort of history after that. He actually first called the game Mintonette, believe it or not. But when it was introduced, Someone in the, I think his name was Halstead, said, that's a crazy name. You should call it volleyball. And good for William Morgan. He says, you know what? That does sound better. Let's call it volleyball. And he did. Number three. 
basic start of it was really through William Morgan and the YMCA where he was able to get it out to all the other physical education directors in the country um, just through rule books and said here's something that we're doing you might think it's interesting why don't you try it out and from there it just absolutely took off. And in 1897 two years after he invents volleyball he can't make a living so he leaves the college where he's the phys ed and head of the phys ed department to make a living, he goes to work for General Electric. And when they interview him, they say, how does it make you feel that you didn't make a penny about on this and you had to go get another job? William Morgan said, I'm content in the knowledge that the game brought a richer life to millions of people around the world. Richer. Frozen custards, richer than ice cream and gelato. It's better. Speaking of richness, who exemplifies what William Morgan was really after? Well, the greatest volleyball player to ever play the game is Karch Karai from Santa Barbara. Karch Karai played at UCLA, won three championships with the legendary coach Al Skates, the greatest volleyball coach ever to live. Listen to Al Skates talking about Karch Karai and if frozen custard could talk, this is what it would sound like. Let's listen to Al Skates talking about Karch Karai. Number one. Japan is supposed to beat us, and the head coach of that team said we would not win a set. This was the all-star team of Japan. So we go to Tokyo Stadium where the Olympics were, and we're playing on concrete. We hadn't trained on concrete. I mean, when I taught school, the kids played on the blacktop, and those little kids dove on the ground, but my guys didn't want to dive on the concrete. So we're down 2-0, to oh, and all of a sudden, Crunch runs and flat out dives on the concrete, brings the ball back, and we start playing defense. All the guys start jumping on the concrete, and uh, we come back and win. Why do I think Karch Karai is frozen custard? The reason is this. He's the greatest to play his sport. He's often compared to Michael Jordan in basketball. He's often compared to Wayne Gretzky. Okay, Michael Jordan is the best ice cream you ever had. Handles in Redondo Beach. Wayne Gretzky's the best gelato you ever had. Ciao Bella. But the difference is, Karch Karai is not only the best athlete, in his sport ever. He does something Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky can't do with their sport, which is why he's frozen custard, because Karch Karai is also the very best coach in his sport. He currently is the coach of the women's team that represents the US and they're number one in the world. To be a great player and then to be a great coach that's something even Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky couldn't do. That's frozen custard. Let's listen to more about Karch Karai. Number two. I love working with this group. Um, these this women are really hardworking, really dedicated, really powerful, and also just always hungry to get better. That's a powerful combination. And they're also really about making somebody else better. Here's Al Skates talking about him again. Number three. 
That's very special for him to be the national women's coach, which means he is going to be the Olympics coach. Right now, the girls are, are, his girls are rated number one in the world. And he hadn't had a lot of coaching experience, but his playing experience was phenomenal. Karch won four, no, three championships as a player, and one as an assistant coach. And we only lost five matches while Karch played for us. So, yeah. I could see he was special. And here's where he literally is asked. You're like Michael Jordan. You're like Wayne Gretzky. You're like another really delicious ice cream or gelato. But no, he's frozen custard. This is what frozen custard sounds like if it could talk. Number four. A couple of things come to mind if somebody mentions me in the same breath as uh, Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky. Number one is it's a huge compliment, but I can't be Michael and I can't be Wayne. I just got to be me. And then the other thing that's almost a bit of a, a warning in some sense, uh, often people who've had great success as athletes don't make the best coaches because they take it for granted like well this should be easy you know I, you just you just do this or just uh, they can't necessarily verbalize what it is that needs to be done or demonstrate it properly and so um, trying to be the best coach that I can be knowing that I have to make fewer assumptions based on the success I had as an athlete. That is the voice of Frozen Custard better known as Karch Karai in volleyball. He's a biochemistry major at UCLA. This is a smart man. The richness that he's added to his sport is the same richness you get when you add an egg to the ingredients of ice cream and run it through a small tube where there's no air. Try this frozen custard at 8.15. We're going to learn all about it from Martha and Nasir, my guests. But it's a fascinating topic of making your life more special, making it richer by just modifying the ingredients you've already been given. Coming up next, the clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. I want to take you into the operating room with me this week, and I also want to talk to you about one of the best sandwiches I've ever had in Los Angeles. Oh my God, I had this week. And I'm gonna tell you where it is because it's about the bread that they make homemade is what makes this sandwich so special. The ingredients, great. But you wanna talk about the idea of frozen custard in a sandwich, I'm gonna explain that a little bit later, you'll hear all about it coming up next. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. With tinted windows. Can you imagine? Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. While I'm in Italy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. 
What you're listening to there is the greatest ice cream you've ever tasted. It's like Handel's ice cream in Redondo Beach where you get the chocoholic flavor. It's to die for. Those cows come from Ohio, and there's nothing quite like that ice cream. That's Layla. But I want to introduce you to frozen custard, something that absolutely will blow your mind. That's what we're talking about today, adding in egg, making something already good special. Frozen custard takes the ingredients of ice cream, adds an egg, and flows it through tubes rather than a bucket. And what you get has no air in it. Tiny little ice crystals. It's creamy, it's rich, it'll blow your mind. So delicious. All right, the number's 877-710-ESPN. I got so much food to talk about today, but let's get the clinic open. Let's do some Clapper vision. Uh, let's go to Alan. Alan, you're on with Dr. Clapper, how can I help? Ah, good morning, Dr. Clapper. Good morning, young man. What do you do for a living? I teach over at a local university, and uh, yeah, I talked to you a couple weeks ago. You said check in with you after I got my MRI. Okay, I'm look. And how young are you again? I am sixty years old. You're sixty. I love young, it. Whatever you want to put it. All right, love that, Alan. Good for you. All right, I'm happy to help. It's my pleasure. Go ahead and let's read the impression of the MRI. I'm going to try my best since I'm not a uh, orthopedist. They're sticking. So go, s- the go slow. Go okay. slow. Go slow, and I will interrupt you one word at a time. Go ahead. All right. There is a thickening of the coracohumeral and inferior glenohumeral ligaments, which okay. can be seen with adhesive capsulitis. Okay. So stop right there. You ready for a clapper vision, Alan? I'm ready. Clapper vision. You all know what a Ziploc bag is, correct? Yes. And we all know what a hard-boiled egg looks like. Yeah. So I, I want you to take out, because we're going to talk, we're talking about eggs and ice cream. That's why we're talking about frozen yogurt today. So I want you to hard-boil an egg, take the shell off, and put that delightful little orb inside a Ziploc bag. Just plop oh. it in there and do the Ziploc on top. Okay. You can now hold the bag and shake it back and forth. And what are you going to find? You're going to find that the egg beautifully still moves with inside the Ziploc bag. It says that slimy surface of the egg. It's inside a plastic bag. Plenty of lubrication and plenty of redundancy in the bag for you to shake the bag and for the egg to move freely back and forth in the bag. Capiche? Got it. Now I want you to think about your shoulder joint. It's a ball and socket joint. For want of a better term, it's an egg, the ball part of the ball and socket joint of your shoulder, sitting on a golf tee, if you will, which is the socket, the glenoid. But the plastic bag that allows for all that movement is the capsule of the joint. Forget about the rotator cuff. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about the plastic bag that surrounds the bowl and socket joint of your shoulder is the Ziploc bag where you just plop the egg in and there's a lot of redundancy and it can move freely within the bag. Well, what if you vacuum packed that bag? 
What if you opened the Ziploc and got all the air out of it inside the bag? I mean, all of the air. Now, all of a sudden, you try to wiggle the bag, that egg isn't moving, right? Because the bag has collapsed around that sphere and it's not moving. Capiche? Aha, uh -huh. okay. That is a frozen shoulder. Gotcha. That you have that you have vacuum wrapped, that you have gotten the air, just like frozen custard gets all the air out of making ice cream. You have gotten all the air out of the capsule. So the the ball and socket joint is vacuum sealed. It won't move like it used to. That's what adhesive capsulitis is. That's what a frozen uh, shoulder is. Does that make okay. sense? I now, let's get to the key question, which I love. I got thrown out of yeshiva when I was a kid. Why? Because I asked too many questions. Can you imagine <laughs> making your mother have to come to school to pick you up? They sent you to the principal's office and my mother shows up. First, she smacks me in the head. She goes, I'm working. I got to make a living here. Why do I have to come to school yet again? Because you refuse to wear your yarmulke, Robbie. Because you refuse to wear your tzitzis. Because you and she would be yelling at me. And then she'd look at the teacher. What did he do now? He asked too many questions. He interrupted the class. Can you imagine sending a kid home because he asked too many questions? So he has the question. Now I, now I get paid for it. Like. I get paid to ask questions. So this is, this is fantastic. Yeah. So now I want to ask a question. Dr. Clapper, why did Alan, a sweet guy from Los Angeles, why did he get the vacuum seal around his bowl and socket joint? Why did he get a frozen shoulder? Aha. Here's the answer. Because it's 60 years old, Alan, the DNA that you got from your grandpa and your grandma has led to the creation of a small bone spur, an aging process, a degeneration that is in your shoulder that is actually now like an icicle from a roof. There's another clapper vision pointing downward scraping and scratching your rotator cuff. So guess what? Your body doesn't want to move your shoulder the way it should. And slowly but surely, over the days, the weeks, the months, you stop using your arm fully because it hurts to take it to the extreme because that icicle harpoons and sticks into the rotator cuff. And that slow loss of using your arm creates a vicious cycle of not moving it. And guess what you end up with? Drying up, letting the air go out, the lubrication, and you start to vacuum seal that egg in the Ziploc bag. You shrink your capsule, which we can see on the MRI, by the way. But the mistake that people make is, okay, let's just get you to therapy and get you moving again, which you should certainly try. But when it fails, the reason is, is that you've never gone after the reason why it started in the first place, which is the bone spur. So treatment, do not, Alan, if you listen to this show, you know what I always preach. Mm -hmm. Don't let them shoot you with cortisone, which they're going to want to do. Don't let them. You fight the good fight. Tell them you've already got a second opinion from Dr. Clapper. No cortisone in your shoulder. Try some therapy for a month. If it makes you feel great, you get your range of motion back and no pain, then you have beaten the system, and I'm so happy for you. 
But if after a month of physical therapy, you have not attained your range of motion again, you still have that pain, then you need to see someone who's passionate, who's good, something, someone you've heard about who does shoulder surgery well, and you don't necessarily have to come to me, and I mean that sincerely. I'm more than happy to, ta happy to take care of all the weekend warriors, but you don't necessarily all have to come to me. Find someone who's good and capable, who understands how the body works and is passionate about it, and they can arthroscope your shoulder. Get rid of the spur. Get rid of all the inflammation and get you back to using your arm again. But do that only if the physical therapy fails. That's yeah, what I need yeah. you to do for this shoulder. Capiche? May, may I ask you one additional question? Of uh, what, happened, what I'm finding is that uh, it doesn't take much to get that sharp pain in the middle of the night. So I haven't slept through the night for maybe the last two weeks plus. I'm using Voltron and I'm using uh, Aleve. Is there anything else I can do so I can get myself back to sleep? My mother was a nurse for 62 years. You know what she used to, she used to say? You're going to sleep when you're tired. You're not going to sleep. The only way you're going to sleep through this is if you numb up your shoulder, which I am not recommending. You need to, on Monday, if you haven't been sent to physical therapy already, have you been sent to therapy? Just started this week. So they have all these beautiful tools that you don't have at home. Ultrasound, electrical stimulation. There's all kinds of great things they can do. And they better be doing it. Because if they're not, where do you live? Uh, actually, closer to Culver City. There's good physical therapy in Culver City. There's a great physical therapist in El Segundo named Davison DeRosa. Go, go make sure you're going to a good physical therapist. I don't know the name of the person you're going to, so I'm not disparaging them at all. But they need to get you busy right away on Monday with trying to get the swelling and the inflammation out. And that would make you feel better. I'm not interested in giving you a pill to mask the problem. You're going to have a rough weekend, but Monday you better start feeling better. And if you don't, you got to let me know. I am grateful, Dr. Clapper. All right. Now, listen, Alan, I just did something nice for you. I taught you. I gave you information. I empowered you without even meeting you. Can you imagine doing this on the radio? It makes me uh, inspired sometimes just to listen to me on the podcast. But the reality is, is I just helped you a total stranger. You know how you can thank me? You'll find a total stranger today yourself. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. You got a deal, Dr. Clapper. Thank you. Okay. My pleasure. God bless you. All right, Warriors. Coming up next, if you want, I'll keep the clinic open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. But I also need to talk about food. You got to learn about this place. The best sandwich I've had in Los Angeles because of the bread. Because of one ingredient of the sandwich that made it richer and more incredible. It's kind of like frozen custard. Wait till I tell you where this sandwich place is in Los Angeles. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior show presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior show with Dr. Clapper. I'm still quelling. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. 
Dwayne Allman, Dickie Betts, Eric Clapton, Keith Richards, Stevie Ray Vaughan, certainly Eddie Van Halen. But this is a man you're listening to now that needs to always be in the conversation of greatest guitar players. Robert Cray. Man, treat yourself. Listen to him today. And his voice is just so compelling. Wow. All right. We got a bunch of callers. We'll get into the food, the sandwich place. But let's go right to, let's go to Rosemary. Is that who it is? Uh, Gloria's the hip. Rosemary's the knee. Who's got the meniscus? Got it. Gloria. Let's go to Gloria. Sorry. Hi, Gloria. Hi. I'm in Rosemead. Oh, you're Gloria's in Rosemead. That's where the Rosemead came from. Okay. Sorry about that. So no how problem. young are you, young lady? And what do you do for a living? I am retired. I am uh, 66. Nice. And I fell down in my backyard, and now I have meniscal tear on my knee. Okay. So, Gloria, how young are you? 66. So, Gloria, I'm going to be the lone voice in orthopedics to tell you to please not have surgery on your torn meniscus. Can you straighten and bend your knee? Yes. If, God forbid, Gloria, you told me your knee was stuck, it could not straighten or could not bend, that's a different story. But I want you to visualize. You listen to the show, Gloria? Yes. Clapper vision. You're familiar with Clapper vision? Yes. Your torn meniscus is, in essence, you telling me you got a bad blister in your hand right now. What should I do, Dr. Clapper? I can't even pick up a pencil. I would say to you, Gloria, keep, keep rubbing that blister. You, you and I know it'll become a callus and it'll stop hurting. You'll go, but it hurts to rub the blister. I'm not going to say good, but you and I know that the more you use that hand of yours, a few days will go by and the blister becomes a callus, right? Right. So I need you to purchase for your birthday, an early birthday present. Someone in their 60s really could use it, which is a stationary bike. Get a used one from Craigslist if you have to. You don't have to spend a lot of money. I need you to think of that meniscus tear that you have as a blister. And if you ride that bike, but Dr. Clapper, it hurts after like five or 10 minutes. Good, then just ride the bike for five minutes, but do it four or five times a week. If I have you no do, pain. If you don't have any pain, then leave it alone, Gloria. Why are they telling no you pain. to have surgery? No, no, no. I've just got the, uh, the call from the doctor that that's what I have, and I have no pain. I walk. I'm good. Then, Gloria, you know who you have in your life right now? You got Dr. Clapper in your life right now. You don't have to do anything. You don't have cancer. You don't have a fracture. You got a torn meniscus. You're 66 years old with no symptoms. Do me a favor. Don't touch it. Capiche? Okay, Capiche, and I have a stationary bike. There you go. And I don't want anyone talking you into cortisone shots or other cockamamie needles inside your knee. There's a book I wrote with Linda Yui called Heal Your Knees. We give the money to the homeless. Get that book. 
That will be your salvation in terms of exercises. It'll teach you anatomy. That torn meniscus, let me tell you some glory. If I MRI'd your other knee, which has no symptoms, I might find the same damn thing. If it ain't bothering you, no pain, no swelling, no limping, this is an easy one. Please leave it alone. Don't let anybody touch it. I just lift it, ice it, elevate it. That's all I'm doing. And ride your bike. Make the blister into a callus. And if it hurts, back off. This whole idea of no pain, no gain, I don't like that advice. If it hurts, you should stop. But I think staying active like you're doing is the greatest thing for you. And it doesn't mean you're going to have trouble in the future. No, you'll have more trouble in the future if you let them remove that brake pad. Then you're going to speed up the arthritis that you probably have at 66 years old. But keep your legs strong. Stationary bike. That'll help you the most. When can I go back to dancing? When the pain allows you. There's real, I don't have any restrictions for you. And be smart about it, Gloria. If you dance for two hours, go back and dance for 45 minutes and see how it feels. The other thing that I would suggest is you should probably get cheap, $10. Go to CVS Pharmacy and buy a sleeve. You don't need it with copper. You don't need any fancy schmancy stuff. Get yourself a sleeve. Wear that when you go dancing. You'll probably be more comfortable. Because when I fell down, I, I uh, got a fracture on my left ankle, which mm -hmm. the doctor said, Wednesday, the doctor said it's looking like a hairline now. It's really healing. Good. So I've been ele elevating both legs and icing it for six weeks. I'm proud of you. The fact that you're beating an operation on your ankle and your knee, you're a lucky person, Gloria. You know that. So I do nothing when I call the um, the orthopedic, call them and say, or don't call them. <laughs> that, that I leave up to you. I'm just telling you what I think you should do. You're gonna, you take that information and do what you want with it. But I want you to do me a favor, Gloria. You're a total stranger and I just helped you. The way you can thank me is you should find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'd be thanking me. Oh, yes. Yes, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, God bless you, Gloria. You're doing the right thing. All right, Warriors, coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.